Welcome back to Women in Product Marketing. Today's episode is with Div Manikam, the Global Director of Services and Portfolio Marketing at Lenovo. Div is an empathetic and inspiring leader whose management and PMM approach is centered around mindfulness. We are hiring for several PMM positions at Adobe, and one I wanted to feature today is the Director of Creative Cloud Enterprise Product Marketing. This is a highly visible role where you will set the strategy for Adobe's Creative Cloud Enterprise business. Just search for the role to apply online if you think it's a good fit for you. Women in Product Marketing is proudly supported by Clue. That's Clue with a K, the competitive enablement platform for all product marketers. This podcast is produced by Sharebird, the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It is the place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. And if you have any feedback on our episodes, so things that you liked or things you want to hear more of, please send me a note on LinkedIn or feel free to email podcasts at sharebird.com. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Women in Product Marketing. I'm your host, Mary Sheehan from Adobe, and I can't wait for you to meet my guest, Div Manikam. Div is thoughtful, compassionate, and a leader that empowers mindful teams. She is currently the Director of Infrastructure Services, Marketing, and Portfolio Management. In her prior experience, she grew the portfolio marketing team three times in just 18 months at Boomi, which is a Dell Technologies business, and was the technical PMM role at Good Data in a previous career path. She loves to share her learnings and experiences on Medium and is published in Forbes, as well as the Product Marketing Alliance. Div and I go way back. We actually met in about 2019 speaking for the Product Marketing Alliance. And I've always wanted to do something like this with her. So I'm so excited you're here today, Div. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Mary. I'm super excited to be here as well. And this is a great platform for what you're doing. Thanks so much. Well, let's start off with my favorite question this season. What is something that you've done lately that has scared you? I think I've been doing a lot of things, but I think the big one was last year in May when I decided to join the fearless training program because I thought I wanted to become fearless. And I also wanted to leverage that to build confidence in who I am and what I want to be. And this was a promise that I made to myself to speak up and be the voice for the unspoken. This even scares me today, probably every day. And recently, I even made the decision, since it's going to be one year, like, maybe I'm ready to graduate from the fearless program. I think I feel fearless myself. But the reality is that there are so many things that's happening out in the world. The silence that I'm committed to break is about stress, anxiety, and mental health. And I'm determined that we can all share our stories and help each other in this endeavor. I love that. And can you tell us more about the Fearless Training Program and what that's all about? Yeah, the way I describe it is the platform for folks, whether they are creative writers or whether they are artists, a platform for folks to come together where you are determined to do your deep, meaningful work, but then life just gets in the way. And so they help create small teams and you have Slack community kind of similar to how we have at the Product Marketing Alliance and at ShareBird. And it's a nice way to just uncover the fears that you have and help you know that you're not alone. Like everyone's going through the same challenges. So we huddle together and make reality happen. And then a lot of my writing inspiration has come with learnings from the program itself. 
That sounds amazing. And what a good year to do it. I think exactly. there have been yes. so many things that have been thrown our way. So I really love that. And I really appreciate the topics that you're leaning into and the ones that you're thinking about in the future. I think that's really going to be powerful. So thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing for yourself, but also that you're sharing that out with a wider community. I think it's going to make such an impact. Thanks, Mary. And I'd love to dive a little bit into your role at Lenovo. Can you tell us about what you do today and what your team is like? Tell us all about it. Yeah. So I joined Lenovo towards the end of last year. And these past six, seven months have been nothing but amazing. I'm fortunate to have a team of 25 folks. And this is a team across product marketing and product management. And we support the infrastructure services group. So what we are trying to do is help organizations or our customers think about services that they need to make sure their infrastructure is running, whether it's from the data center all the way to the edge. And my opportunity comes to help empower this mindful team of product marketers and product management and think about that end-to-end experience that we want to try. And that's primarily where we are. We're also part of the Lenovo Services and Solutions Group. And this is our opportunity to lead Lenovo in the service-led transformation initiatives that has been embarking on. And at the same time, I also want to say that I'm thankful to experience the world through my team, having a global team across North America, Latin America, EMEA, and Asia Pacific. I think we probably cover 10 or more countries. That I think has been the best thing that could have happened in the past year, just considering that we are all just in our own homes and our screen is probably the preview that we have. And so I think that has been a real blessing. I'm also fortunate to have the opportunity to mentor and share my learnings with different communities. So this opportunity has been really helpful for me. Thank you. That has been amazing. I'm so happy to hear that you've stepped into the new role and it's been so powerful and you've been able to really connect the team across so many regions, so many time zones. And we'll talk about it a little bit later in the episode, but you've also done some really interesting things to make sure the team is understanding that their own empathy is going to be really important in the job and making those connections and actually making those bonds while working is really an important part of kind of bringing this all to light. So can't wait to talk to you about it more and glad it's going well. Congratulations on the new gig. Thank you. (laughs) And you've also moved to Raleigh from San Francisco during this time period. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? I know we're talking about it a bit before we hopped on the recording. Yes, yeah. So I've lived in San Francisco for 10 years and I was determined that San Francisco is home forever. And then I realized I needed a change of place and a change of pace. So I decided to move to Raleigh, North Carolina. And I think the timing couldn't have been better. I'm pretty sure every time I tell somebody I moved June 2020, they're like, wait, in the middle of the pandemic? And I'm like, yes, is there any better time to move? But I think the opportunity for a lot of self-reflection or opportunity for a lot of healing and Everything that I needed for my well-being was important. And I think the chance to move to Raleigh, actually, I would joke with some of my friends. I'm like, I can hear the birds chirping and I can see the squirrels here. And they're like, wait, you didn't have squirrels in San Francisco. And I was like, that's not the point. I was too busy to even pay attention to the environment around me. And this change helped me slow down, helped me actually appreciate what's around me and actually build compassion with not just the big things in life, but even the little small things that actually are more important as I'm realizing now. 
That's so amazing. And what a change. Gosh, that makes you really think that you didn't even notice if there were squirrels or not in San Francisco. And now (laughs) they're your friends. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah, let's move on to a little bit more about PMM. I know that you've been in the PMM game for many years, and I personally just really respect your thought leadership in the space. And I'm always looking at things that you're writing and love hearing you speak. And I'd love to hear more about your PMM philosophy. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. Yeah, so I think for me, I wouldn't say product marketing was an accident. I think the way I have kind of grown in my career, everything kind of chartered me towards product marketing as, okay, this is the job that was meant for me. But there are two quotes and you'll see throughout the podcast, I'm a big believer of quotes. So I'm going to read out the quotes to you. The first one is by Albert Einstein, or they say it's by Albert Einstein. If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And I'll say it again. If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. I think that has been a big part of when I think about product marketing, right? We are not here engineering the technology and all of those things. But if we can't take the awesomeness that's behind the platform, the awesomeness that's behind the product and turn it into something that's meaningful for our customers to even say, oh, actually, wait, what did you say? I want to hear more. Then we have defeated our purpose, right? So that I think would be my first quote that drives my PMM philosophy. The second is simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And I think the word simplicity, or I think I'm a big fan of the word, if I had like one word to hang around my wall, that might be it. Because the reality is, we have all the technical expertise and all the awesomeness in there. But if you can't explain it simple enough, and if people can't say, oh, that's what it is. Or if you think about the analogies, right? We Everyone has, oh, we are X similar to Y or some version of it. So that simplicity is important because we need that correlation or something that we can resonate to, to say, oh, now I get what you do, even if it is not exactly what you do. Right? So I think those, I think, would be my big two philosophies if I was a philosopher (laughs) in life in product marketing. Wow. What thoughtful quotes starting (laughs) off strong. It's 7 a.m. in the morning for me and I'm hearing about Albert Einstein and Leonardo da Vinci. (laughs) Thank you. I think it's going to be a good day from here. Awesome. And also I want to point out that Div included in our prep doc, all of these beautiful images to go along with her (laughs) interview responses. So this is a picture, I believe, of the Louvre in Paris and the simplicity of design. So I'll point out a few others, but I was just so impressed that she put in some visualizations through this. Um, Yeah. And and I was fortunate to take that photo. So I'm a visual person by design, I think. So when I went to visit Louvre, I I think it was in 2016 we waited for the sunset and this beautiful color blend happened and I was like oh my goodness I need to capture this and so when I think about simplicity and maybe it is the da Vinci in the location where I was like okay this is the photo that will talk about simplicity for me so I appreciate you pointing that out and even within my writing and everything I try to bring visual aspects as much as I can because a picture probably speaks a thousand words or something like that right yes well it's gorgeous So we might have to put this on the cover of our (laughs) podcast for your episode or something. It's amazing. Well, that is such a fresh take on your PMM philosophy. And I think that we don't talk about that enough. And I sit in so many meetings where PMMs or product managers or engineering are explaining things to me. And I've tried to learn over the past few years to not be afraid to say, 
I don't get it. Please explain it to me like five, (laughs) because if I can't then articulate it in this simple way and orient it to something that is an existing category or a new category, or like you mentioned with the analogies, which I think is always helpful, no one's going to buy it. No one's going to understand what it is that you're actually offering. So that is such a simple, but meaningful takeaway. And I love that it's the foundation of your philosophy. So thanks for sharing that. And I know that you explained a little bit about your team and how you work at this view of the end-to-end experience for the customer, but can you also talk about how that relates a bit to your perspective of the role of PMM? So I know that you really follow this understanding that it's about the end-to-end experience. So I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah. And this was one of the things that I think I continue to advocate, right? We started off with product marketing. And even though I still think we are still in our infancy, product marketing has evolved to become product and solution marketing because now it's not just about products, it's about solutions and the platform. And then we also evolved to start thinking about a portfolio where it's your products, your solutions, industries, and whatever you want to put into that portfolio, right? So there is that evolution that's happening. But at its core, when I think about what are the recipe ingredients that I need to think about product marketing, as much as it is owning that end-to-end experience and achieving shared goals, right? As a team, we never have enough resources, we never have enough time, but we make magic happen in some way. So it's going from messaging positioning to launches would be that end spectrum when I think about core tenants of what we are doing. But at the same time, you're sprinkling in just like you sprinkle in salt, you're sprinkling in a little bit of competitive intelligence, you're bringing different aspects in, you're bringing different teams that if they don't come together, this is not going to work, right? So there are different aspects of it that is important when we think about product marketing and that ownership of that experience is I think what drives us because we like to think of hey this is it's up to me to bring the team together to make this thing work but at the same time also keep the core tenants and the secret ingredients of the recipe if you will to make sure that you are thinking about it in the right way. I love that concept of ownership too. And I think that's a hard one as you're getting into your PMM career, because first of all, there are so many things that are thrown at your plate (laughs) when you're first starting out and trying to absorb everything. But I think the most successful PMMs really go above and beyond in organizing that end-to-end experience as you so beautifully explained it with the recipe analogy. I think that's amazing. And the secret ingredients, that was adorable. (laughs) I think that's such a And one thing I'll add, as product marketing, when we set out to kind of create our team, it was important for us to define what our foundation and our values and beliefs would be, right? As product marketers, and I call this the three I's, so it's inspire, influence, and impact. And within inspire, it's not just about hey, I'm going to inspire people with all the awesomeness I can talk about. It's about building that trust and credibility. So the way we look at it, and this is something that I leverage even for my interviews, like I'll literally bring up my visual, my second visual of my values and beliefs and say, hey, does this resonate with you? Because if it does, I know this candidate is a good fit for the team. And if it's like, oh, that sounds great. And I'm getting like a lukewarm response, then I know that that's not how they're thinking is right. Because I think empathy is a big part of who we are as product marketing, we have to be empathetic to our customers, we have to be empathetic to our stakeholders, everybody wants a piece of the pie, and we need to figure out how to slice it in the right way. So that trust and credibility is an important one. And the way I think of it is we trust and respect each other irrespective of level. 
right? As a product marketer, you're probably working with the CEO, you're probably working with the PR team, comps, whoever it is, right? It doesn't matter what level they are. We have to respect each other and trust each other the same way. And the second was going back to the aspect of influence and extreme ownership, making sure that we own everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's not us saying, oh, we did our part, but X didn't do their part, right? It's that end to an experience that we talk about and having that accountability to each other. And the third, which is, I think my big one is about impact. And when I think about impact, it's not just about the results, right? As organizations, we're all really good at, hey, it's all about the results. It's the KPIs, let's hit the KPIs, let's achieve our targets. But it's also about results and relationships because that's who we are as human beings, right? That's coming back to the compassion aspect. So we strive for team recognition, not individual recognition. And we win or lose together. So those three eyes have helped me ground how we think about ourselves as a team. How do we make sure that we are all functioning as a collective? Because we all have our strengths in product marketing. Some are really awesome at doing the word magic, which is what I, like, I literally had one senior product marketing. He's just magical. Like you can give him whatever is in your head and he'll turn it into just a symphony of words in some way, right? So it's finding that balance. And that's where I think as product marketing, we need to make sure we are thinking about those shared goals, but also functioning as a collective, even if they are different teams. Like when I talk about the 25 that I have, not everybody is in my team, but I know as a collective, we are all functioning for the same purpose. I love this, Dev. So just to recap, inspire with trust and credibility, influence, having extreme ownership and impacting for both results and relationships. And I was able to recap that so beautifully because you have another amazing visual here for me. So thank you so much. But I think this is such an amazing way to orient your team. You also mentioned that you're using this for hiring, at least to make sure that you're on the same page with potential candidates. And do you share this as well with your stakeholders or is this something that you keep internal for the PMM folks. I do share with stakeholders. So when we have our team presentations or reviews, whenever I talk about the team, that's one of the slides that is in the presentation, because it, I think helps us ground ourselves. And we also think about our OKRs in the same way. So, and I try to bring similar parallels. So the first one about Inspire, I tie that to the employees. So what am I doing to make sure I'm helping my team? About impact, it's tied to customers. So when we define our OKRs, we're saying, what are we doing to make sure the customer is achieving what the customer needs. And then the third one on influence, I tie that to cross collaboration, right? So it's not just us as a team, but how do we expand outward to the rest of the organization? So though I use the same tenants to talk about our KPIs, our OKRs, whichever shape or form you want to think of so that it's not just one slide div brings up every quarterly catch up with the team, but it's something that we do on an ongoing basis throughout the year. That's great. It sounds like you're living and breathing it. You're sharing it with your stakeholders. Everyone's on the same page and they really understand what the PMM team is trying to accomplish at a fundamental level. And then I'm sure they want to support you even more because they understand that so well. Yeah. So not surprisingly, one thing that you are very passionate about is messaging and positioning when it comes back to the product marketing tenets. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? You can obviously see it with just the way that you're describing kind of a team framework, but I'd love to hear more about your take on it from a PMM level, from a team level, everything. 
Yeah. So for me, I think messaging and positioning, I don't know how, but I think it's become a part of me. If I wake up every morning, I wake up to what story do I want to tell today? And how can I keep refining it, right? There is no story that's a one and done thing. It's a constant refinement. And so that's where I try to make sure that I'm inspiring folks, that I'm influencing other stakeholders, that I'm driving that impact. And it all started probably a couple of years ago when I heard this interesting story from a sales leader oh, I've created these collage of pictures to help the sales team in their quarterly reviews get to know each other. And I was like, oh, that's a brilliant idea. I love the idea. There's so much humanness in it. I was like, okay, I'm going to take this idea and run with it. And so I've been running with it for the past three years. And every place that I've been, whether it's at Bumi or at Lenovo, I've instilled that idea and let it spread. Because like what Ted says, right? ideas worth spreading. This was one of those. And when I joined Lenovo, I took that same concept and said, hey, this is me as and in a picture perfect way, just to give you an introduction of who I am, but visually, but also when I shared the idea, the team was all excited. They were like, yep, we'll do it. And so we literally had 24 of us participate and we created a team video collage out of it. And as we watched it, we were like, oh, we are more similar than different, irrespective of where we are location-wise, irrespective of the time zone differences that we have or the culture differences that we have. And it just helped make us more human as a team. And it also gave us a different lens to how we think about ourselves, right? So it's, who am I? and answering that question probably at a deeper level. So that's where like for me, messaging and positioning is fundamental to who I am because it helps me ground the story I want to tell and how I want to tell that story. And my picture perfect has evolved over time. I even shared my journey creating that on Medium as well. And just to give the listeners an insight into what this picture perfect slide looks like for Div, it has inspire, influence, and impact on the left. Some of the logos of some of the biggest organizations you're part of, like PMA, Lenovo. Then it talks a little bit about who you are as a person, calm, motivated, support, open, ambitious, but that's all in a beautiful butterfly. And then there's some photography, some travel photography, and some other clues about what you're really into. So mindfulness, essentialism, stress, anxiety, diversity, belonging, some causes that you're really passionate about. And then also some of your favorite quotes, it looks like, oh, welcome to Raleigh, y'all in different languages. (laughs) I love that to speak to the global nature of your team. But my favorite part about this is that you have this picture perfect introduction slide, but it's also manifested in your backdrop. So you have butterflies surrounding this beautiful travel photography. It looks like Lake Tahoe, but it could be some other beautiful lake at sunset. And I love that it just embodies everything that you're doing. So can you tell us more about that, how you've connected the dots and you're really living and breathing it. I mean, you're not just saying that, you really are. Yes. So there is a word, I think it's called wordart.com, where one of the exercises uh, as part of the women in APIs, we're doing a speaker facilitation program. And one of the exercises was reach out to your coworkers and ask for three to five words to describe you. And I was like, okay, I'll reach out to 10 people. 
people, maybe five of them will respond. But I was just overwhelmed with 10 responses that I was like, okay, I have too many words in here. How do I know what are the big words in there? So I wanted to create a word cloud. And I found this wordart.com website where you can basically create a word cloud. It doesn't have to look like a cloud. It can look like in any shape or form. And as I was going through, I saw butterfly and I was like, yes, butterfly is equal to div. So I should definitely represent it in a butterfly. And visually photography is something that I'm passionate about every walk that I take these days, especially because it's spring right now. It's all about the flowers. So I try to capture flowers in every shape or form I can. And a lot of my photography is about food. So I'm a Google local guide as well. And I try to contribute to Google Maps every place that I possibly could go. I've been doing this for over since 2015 and I've gone to a point where I think I have like about 100 million views and now it's no more about the views or anything. I just do it. It's like become an ingrained habit. Like if I go somewhere, I have to take a photo and upload it to Google Maps. So that's another way that I contribute back to the community that has helped me big time. You're a restaurant influencer. (laughs) Yes, yes. I'll tell you a funny story. So when I was shifting apartments in Raleigh, I went to one of these new building apartments and the guy was like, oh, you are the one who posted the review. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) That was like the most funniest thing. I was like, oh, maybe I'm famous now. Somebody recognizes me on Google Maps. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) I was like, would you give me a discount because of that? Like, I don't know. I love that. That's so awesome. Well, that's so great. It's really cool to see how you're living your passion at work and outside of work and getting more of that sense of balance. And it sounds like Raleigh has just accelerated that for you. Yes. And and you're seeing one side of my wall. The other wall is my world map. I literally have postcards with travel everywhere. Oh, that's so cool. I think that's so amazing. Well, I am just really happy about this setup and how you've really inspired the rest of your team to take it on too. So thanks so much for sharing that with us. So I did want to talk a little bit more about product marketing and specifically in the role that you're in. Are there any experiences that you've had as a woman that you think are different than some of your male counterparts? Anything you can share about what you bring to the table that might be unique in that regard? For sure. And this was something when I joined Lenovo. So at Boomi, the problem we had in diversity was we didn't have enough male folks within our team. And I was like, oh, that is interesting. And when I joined Lenovo, the team that I joined was part of the data center group. And other than my manager, I was the only other woman in my peer group. And I was like, wait, was I a diversity hire was the first question that came to my mind. I was like, hmm, that is interesting. And then I realized that Lenovo was actually big in diversity and they make sure that as part of our hiring criteria, we are looking at those metrics just to drive those initiatives, right? So as a woman, when I joined the company, I think the biggest thing that I could bring was bringing that empathy and compassion, right? It's not that men don't have empathy and compassion, don't get me wrong, but it's from how you function as a team leader, how you serve Lenovo and the communities that I'm part of. Within Lenovo, we have our Women in Lenovo Leadership Program, which is a mentoring program as well. So for me, mentorship is another core tenant of who I am. Like if in a week I'm not doing that, I can feel there's a change in my energy level. 
It's just something that I do to serve the different communities that I'm part of. So bringing that empathy, I think, would be a big one. And then also making sure that you are being the voice of the customer and the market, right? When you're working with different stakeholders, everybody has an input and everybody has, hey, this is how it needs to be done. But as the product marketing person, you have an opportunity to actually step back and say, hey, this thing that we want to do is great, but the customer is not really looking for that. This is the problem the customer is looking to solve. So how do we take that ownership to say, hey, we are the voice of the customer and the market and actually imbibe that within the team? Because it's not easy for us to say, okay, we're going to wake up today and today we're going to be the voice of the customer. It has to be part of everything that we do. So I think that was an important point. As I think about the team, like I've even made uh, genuine efforts to bring mindfulness into what we do. So every morning, and this was like over the past couple of weeks where I realized that stress and anxiety was getting the best of me. And I was like, I need something to ground myself. So every morning, 7.55 a.m. Eastern time, we have a mindfulness session and it's only three minutes, right? It's easy for us to say, hey, mindfulness is something that I don't have time to do. And I'm like, this is only three minutes. And we created a Microsoft Teams channel saying mindfulness at work channel. And we added recording. So every day we pick one topic. Today, it was about setting intention. Yesterday, it was focus and productivity. And so we broke it down five days a week. Every day, we're going to do three minutes. And that helps us just ground ourselves how we want to start the day. Little things like that, I think, have been helpful. Now we have not just my folks from my team, but even folks just outside of our teams that have found this mindfulness at work team channel one way or the other, and they've joined us. So it's kind of bringing all of us together in some way and finding common ground. I think that's what it comes down to. Wow, that's so awesome. I love that time too, 7.55. I mean, it might be hard for some folks to always make that, but I think that's so cool. It's every day. If you want to join, no pressure, but exactly. you will start the day. And, and we've put recordings in there knowing that everyone's in different times. And they're like, hey, it can be your start of the day. So I have five recordings in there for you. Just hit play three minutes of your morning time and you can be mindful throughout the day. It has helped me big time. I think it has helped me stay grounded. It has helped me kind of use that time to breathe a little bit. I don't know. It, there's something very powerful about mindfulness that I haven't really been able to put my pen to paper yet, but it has been really helpful throughout this year. And I think everybody in some shape or form should be leveraging it. I use it when I can't sleep some days. There are different ways that I've found mindfulness to help me. So yeah, whether you call it meditation or mindfulness, I think it's all the one and the same. It's just being fully present. Like I think as product marketers, we always pride ourselves about multitasking. We're like, yeah, we can go from one fire to the other and be great at it. And now I'm like, no, if I'm here, I'm here. Like I literally have no other screens open other than the Zoom meeting and our notes. That's it. Like being fully present makes a big difference to the person on the other end. It makes a big difference to who you are as well. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Another idea I might copy. That sounds really awesome. (laughs) One question I wanted to understand a little bit more is Is there a time that you can recall even recently that you feel like you failed and what did you learn about yourself or what did you learn about product marketing during that time? I know we all have many stories related to this. So (laughs) I'll I'll probably give you an umbrella answer because there is many times that I've failed as a product marketer, even if folks will be like, no, this was not your fault, but I'll sometimes take it upon myself. But I think the biggest one that I've learned is when product marketing and sales are not in sync. It's easy for us to say, hey, in product marketing, we are going to do everything. But no matter how much you do in PMM, it will not have that lift off that you're looking for. So 
synergy is very important, making sure that that is a key factor for success. So when we think about product launches, it's not just product marketing and product management sitting together and say, hey, this is what we want to launch. We bring folks from sales enablement. We bring folks from sales leaders to be part of the initial discussions so that they are part of the conversation versus an afterthought. And that has helped us rewire how we think of it. We even had to come up with our product launch roadmap process to define that. And sometimes it's not just product marketing and sales, right? We have extended family. So are we thinking about bringing support? Are we thinking about bringing services into the discussion and making sure everyone's aware of what's coming? So I think building that transparency was important and also making sure that we're all aligned because the last thing you want to do is we think this is a great idea and we go do it and then it falls flat, right? So that I think would be a big one that I would say as a product marketer that I always keep in sync just to make sure that I'm not just going off and doing a crazy idea by myself. That's such great advice. And one of my earlier guests, Gila Siegel, who is at Clary, talked about really sitting with the sales team, attending their QBRs, having shared goals with them too. So I think that's such an important part of product marketing and thinking about that end-to-end journey. This is a huge part of it. So thank you for sharing that. What's one piece of advice you would want to share with our listeners? Like I told you, I'm a big fan of quotes. If you're looking for motivational quotes, you can always send me a note and I can give you a visual quote representation as well, because this is where I bring my photos and my quotes come together. And so I created a webpage to share some of those. I think that my favorite one has been Maya Angelou. And I think when we had our Lenovo mentorship program, we had like four or five of us have the same quote and we're like, we just love this quote so much. So I'll, I'll read the quote to you. I have learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And this is by Maya Angelou. And I think this quote kind of sums up who I am, what I do, why I do what I do, because I think it all comes back to the feel aspect of it. Yesterday, we had our quarterly sync. And in one of my, as part of the World Happiness Foundation, in one of the events, I came across this feelingswheel.com website. And I was like, feelingswheel, this is great, because I didn't really know how to express feelings outside the six that are usually there. And yesterday, I was like, I'm hopeful. And this was like a spectrum all the way to the bottom end. And it gave people an opportunity to be like, how am I really feeling today? And we had folks range from happy to sad to skeptical. Like we had a good spectrum of it, right? And that's who we are. Like we should be okay to share those things. So making sure you're connecting with the team, but also genuinely asking, how are you feeling? Like when I have my one-on-ones, that's one of the things that I have in the top. It says in the meeting notes, it says introduction and how are you feeling today? How are you doing today? Like taking the time to ask that question. Sometimes I think initially they were like, why is she asking me this question? But now they're like, they know that's the first question that's got to come from our one-on-one conversation. So it's been helpful just to make sure that we are staying as human as we possibly can, or maybe even better. (laughs) I don't think we do enough as human beings to think about each other and think about our environment around us. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And now let's move on to a bit of rapid fire questions. So mentors, who have been your strongest mentors? 
I think for me, my strongest mentor has been anybody that's been outside of product marketing, because that's where I usually go and get my inspiration. I usually look for new ideas, new perspectives. So reading has been a big part of who I am, how I think about what I think and how I write as well. I recently came across Friday Pulse, which is a team happiness score model. They even have a happiness index or a happiness KPI is what they like to call it. And they offer this free six-week app. And I was like, okay, this is great. In this time during the pandemic, that's a really nice opportunity for teams to bond together. And right now we even have through the program, a Spotify playlist that has the songs that make each of us smile. And when they sent me the playlist, I was like, this is awesome. I never thought we would have all created a team playlist, but I'll definitely take that idea far and beyond just the Friday Plus Pulse experience that I have. So yeah, like looking outward and finding new venues. Sometimes it's just going for a walk. And if I walk on the right side of the street, I'll be like, let me walk on the left side and see what change in perspective am I getting? And it does change drastically. So trying new things, I think is my biggest one for me. That's amazing. And what would you say is the biggest thing for you in terms of growing your career? I think for me, it's always been about continuous learning and finding new ways to solve the problems of the past. If we are taking the same approach, we're going to get the same results. Either step back or ask different questions. And that's where diversity, inclusion, and belonging come in. Because we as individuals, the way we've grown up, what we've done has always shaped us. So making sure we are challenging the status quo, asking the why has been big tenants of it. And how do you network? So I think network is the word that I would run away from because I'm an introvert at heart. And even this time during the pandemic when folks who are very social are like, hey, this has been really difficult. I was like, oh, this has been really a good time of self-reflection because I enjoyed my time with the books. I prefer more one-on-one conversations than groups. So if there's a group event, I'm probably the one you'll find in a corner (laughs) where she's like, if somebody comes and talks to me, I'll talk, but otherwise I'm not going to go and try to do it myself. That always feels a little awkward for me, but I think that's just who I am. So it's totally normal. Last question for you. What's next for you? So like I mentioned in the beginning, a big part of where, and one of the things the fearless training program helped me was to think about what a moonshot goal would be, like something that is very personal, a mission that I have. And having experienced stress and anxiety, and even being diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder last year, I didn't even know that was a thing. I just thought stress and anxiety was a normal thing. And we just have to deal with it because that's always been the answer everyone's told me. When I became a team leader, I realized that if I I didn't take care of myself. I couldn't help my team. I couldn't help my family. I couldn't help my friends. So I needed to take the time to figure out whatever disciplines that I needed to make that happen. And that's one of the ways how I approached essentialism. But I think I was also fortunate to have the right support system, right? My leader at that time said, hey, Dave, you need to take the time for yourself and rest and recover and come back. And now with that positive aura that I have, I think I can help mentor and help people cope with stress and anxiety know that we are not alone in this we all have our challenges ever since I wrote the article last year I've made some really amazing relationships and friendships that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't shared my story so I'm determined to bring that story to life and also share it with the world and also think of that as my meaningful work if I could 
Thank you so much, Dave. This has been such a treat. Learned so much about you. Learned so much about your philosophy for PMM and life. I wish you all the best. And thank you so much for being on the show. I think everyone's going to get a lot of value out of this. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. This has been definitely a pleasure. And I enjoyed catching up with you. And we should definitely catch up more. Let's do it again soon. Thanks so much, Dave. Women in Product Marketing is proudly supported by Clue. That's Clue with a K the competitive enablement platform for all product marketers. This podcast is produced by ShareBird, the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It is the place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. And if you have any feedback on our episodes, so things that you liked or things you want to hear more of, please send me a note on LinkedIn or feel free to email podcasts at sharebird.com. That wraps another episode of Women in Product Marketing. Be sure to subscribe and share Women in Product Marketing with someone you think will love it. Next week, I speak with Priya Patel, Vice President of PMM at Trip Actions, who shares an inspiring story about pivoting during the pandemic. Thank you for all of your support and catch you next week.